0: Welcome to Business as an Adventure, a podcast dedicated to improving the businesses and lives of creative entrepreneurs.
1: Together, we interview high-performing entrepreneurs and creatives from all over the world, explore what makes them and their business unique,
0: and along the way, we uncover their secrets to help you craft your own adventure in the world of business. All right. So today we are talking to Megan Allen from Studio 22 based out of Dayton, Ohio. Not only is she a multi-award-winning destination wedding photographer, a viral photo phenom, a Sony alpha female photographer, and one of the most underrated wedding photographers around right now, she is also a published author of young adult novels, which is absolutely rad, and I totally want to read her books. Megan is one of those people that seems to have as much energy as a three year old. I've shot a wedding with her. She does not stop moving for like 14 hours and then leaves the wedding, takes you to a late night donut place. Shout out to Bill's Donuts. And then goes home to plays Xbox until all of her cards are imported. I don't know if she ever sleeps or she's just some sort of robot. She is one of the most hilarious people to watch when she finds a new passion, whether it's streaming on Twitch and she buys every piece of pro streamer gear, a custom resin live edge wood desk, or when a new camera comes out and she's the first to get it into her hands and try it out. Bless her husband, Matt, because the number of credit cards she's likely melted from gear acquisition syndrome must be staggering. But finally, Megan is also one of those people who will always have your back, says nothing but kind things about people, and is genuinely one of the best humans I've met and is a pure hearted soul. Megan, welcome to the show.
2: Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Like, can we just be done? That's the coolest <laughs> intro I've ever had.
1: <laughs> we always do deep dives on everyone that it. we're going to be chatting with, but I somehow missed the young adult novel, so we have Secret. to start there.
2: <laughs> no. I'm sorry.
1: It's not <laughs> photography related, but we have to talk about this. Please. It
2: was, it was a former life. It was a former life. Before I got into photography, I've always been creative. Like, I've always wanted to create one thing or another. And I've always loved books. I've always loved literature. And so before I found photography, I was writing young adult novels. Um, for my final series, I did acquire an agent. We were shopping it around. And it was getting interest. It was really cool. Um, I wound up self-publishing it because I wanted to have a little bit more creative control on it. Um, and those, those two books did really well. There's supposed to be a third one, but that was about the time my photography took off. So those four characters are still in like quite a mess from years ago. Um Someday, maybe I'll go back to it and finish it because I really do love the series. But yeah, so I, w- I would be okay with people reading that series. The other ones are horrible. Please don't read them. But uh, <laughs> the one series is pretty solid.
1: We'll just link that series in yes. the show notes. <laughs> oh, 100%.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. I remember the, the first time I found out about this, Megan was streaming on Twitch. One of like your, one of your first streams, uh. I think. And I was watching you and you're like, oh man, if anybody knew. And I just like went into full internet sleuth mode. You looked in the out. about section of your Facebook and it was like a thing in there. And then it took me to a page, which then took me to a page. And I'm like, here it is.
2: Dude, I didn't even know that there were still like links out there to it because I've done so well to like hide it. So you are an impressive <laughs> sleuth to it. A- Because I was like, I know I didn't link anybody to that. (laughs) So I have to be careful about what I tell you now. I know your powers. So... Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned you were always creative. I know you were also a former basketball star. So when slash where did the, the time in your life shift from sports into creativity? Or did they always go hand in hand?
2: It definitely was a hand in hand thing. I loved... I love competition to probably a fault. Now at least I channel it to just compete within myself, and it's not like an external thing. But when I was younger, I, I loved competition and sports just came very naturally to me. I was very blessed to be a decent athlete. I had a full ride to play basketball at a Division two college, and when I played basketball, the creativity was just figuring out how to, you know, get free and 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 lose a, a competitor and, and get around. So it was more like that sneaky you know, movement, whereas like now the creativity is, is more, you know, physical art. But yeah, it, I think they go hand in hand. It's just a different outlet for the creativity and, and how it manifests.
0: Do you think that plays into the way that you shoot weddings now? I know other athlete turn photographers like Lanny and Erica Mann and, and a couple of others out there where I feel like people who come with that background are so much more driven and tenacious than, you know, people like me. There's a lot of photographers who also come from engineering, like myself, and we tend to just be more quiet, slow, methodical, technically minded, but you former athletes are like, just you go and grind.
2: Pull in a china shop. Yeah, no, I would absolutely attribute the, the athlete and how I shoot now, which is funny because you wouldn't necessarily think, if you, if you put those two things like side by side on a resume, you wouldn't think they'd have a whole lot of correlation, but I definitely... I always thrived on game time situations, the you only get one chance, you can't screw it up. And I think that's kind of how I fell into wedding photography. I think you have to be a bit of a masochist to enjoy wedding photography, because you only get one shot in 90% of the day. So just having to be on and having to be aware, there's, there's so much more awareness of everything around you. And I think that's the same, like on the basketball court, having the basketball IQ of like, Realizing what's happening around you in the court, maybe not necessarily what you're exactly focusing on, but what's happening next, that anticipation. And I see that a lot in wedding photography too, is like anticipating moments and and hoping hoping you can get, you know, some of them. Erica, Mann is one of my good friends. And one of the things that she's told me before that really helped me slow down because I always panicked of, you know, what if I miss something? One of the things that helped me was she said, you know, you're going to miss 90% of the day, you hope you get that 10% that, you know, really drives it home. And, and that was profound to me because it gave me permission to possibly miss something, not to be lax in my job, but to understand that inevitably we will miss something in the day, but focus in on what you can and create those beautiful moments with what you see. And, you know, you hope you do the best job you can, but obviously nobody's perfect. So I loved that that sense of grace that Erica embodies because I wish I had half of that. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it's like even even the ten percent we're seeing is probably nine percent more than our clients see too. Right. So exactly. Yeah, there's so much that we're sharing with them that that they're not seeing on the day as well.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. So we love business. We talk we about business. business. I'm I'm curious. How does the business side of Studio Twenty Two exist? Did you start out shooting because you loved shooting? Did you start out because you wanted to be an entrepreneur? How did that grow?
2: I have always loved working for myself. I'm extremely independent. I never loved the nine to five grind, so I've always wanted to figure out you know how to exist and and have a lifestyle that I could you know manifest myself. But I fell in love with photography just because of the dynamic. Um I, when I first started out, I was shooting anything with a pulse. I was like, "Hey, do you want to put photos? Okay, let's go, you know. But quickly realized that I loved the aspect of the couple and engagement sessions and weddings and stuff. So that that couple dynamic really intrigued me and um, being able to create in that smaller environment and build a relationship with these two people and celebrate with them. So when I first started out, it was definitely a love of photography that then I had to learn how to be a business person. Uh, which I'm still not good at, and that's where my husband comes in and is like, "Hey, you don't need that new gear. You're fine. <laughs> so so yeah, it's definitely like he just did my taxes and he's like, "Can we talk later? And I'm like, no, we don't need to talk. <laughs> just just take it all away from me. But <laughs> I definitely have gotten better, but it's it's definitely the business side of things is a struggle for me even now. So my husband is very much that that linear minded person, and he helps a lot. I also took a, um, a educational workshop from Robert J Hill, and he was much more on the business side of things for me. And he was incredible. His his style and my style are not very similar aesthetically, but his business IQ is just astounding. And he really helped me take things from you know point A to. Freaking point M. It was it was amazing what he did. Um. So he he is a huge asset in in how I started to actually ha- turn on the business ring. But
0: what what were some of those things that I, I mean Robert's an, an amazing education uh, educator and super systems focused. Like yes. what were some of those things that you didn't even realize you were missing that he brought to the table for you?
2: Financially, he actually I still to this day use the uh, spreadsheet that he gave me because he was like you need to sort out your life <laughs> so I was like got it but um so he's a and I don't know if he still is but he was a huge proponent of like not buying into a ton of extra programs if you could do it yourself and mm. so one of the things for me was that he's like yo you have to keep track of your receipts but like obviously receipts fade and so by the end of the time like by the end of the year half my receipts from like the early half of the year were kind of faded and sometimes I couldn't even read them And so he's like, "Yo, take a picture, um, use um, Evernote and start just a folder every year, take a picture of it. And there you go. And then also he has a spreadsheet that like he built out and it's incredible. And like you just notate everything every month. And then you have the pictures with the receipts. You have your your pages listed out. And in an ideal world, (laughs) you would put things in the spreadsheet as they happen. (laughs) However, (laughs) I am guilty of, you know, missing a month or three and then having to spend a day putting everything in. But that was really huge for me and being able to itemize and stuff and realize how much money I was spending on dumb shit. Like, sorry, Mm. but like that was eye-opening for me. That's okay. You can swear. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, holy crap. I really am spending way too much money on, you know, dumb, dumb shit. And so um, that was really eye-opening for me. So that was like money-wise. But then business-wise in general, one of the most profound things he taught me was just uh, showing what I wanted to attract more of. So he looked at my website and he was on my website for maybe two minutes. And he's like, so what do you want to, sh- like, what do you want to shoot? What types of weddings do you want to shoot? And I was like, I want to shoot, you know, elopements. I want to shoot adventures. I want couples who don't take things too seriously. If the dress gets dirty, they don't care. Like I had this thing and he's sitting there quietly and he he's kind of nodding. And he's like, huh? And I was like, okay. Was like, so why is your header photo, a pristine dress walking out of a church? Cause you never mentioned once wanting to ch- shoot church weddings. And I was like, oh, Like my mind was blown he's like it's a pretty photo and it'll absolutely attract people to you but it's going to attract the wrong people because you're going to get church weddings and you're going to get the clean you know more traditional weddings so if you want that non-traditional vibe you need to show the non-traditional vibe he's like it'll hurt because you don't have quote-unquote pretty pictures at first but if you start showing more of what you actually want to shoot you will get more of that and it will snowball which was really hard at first because i didn't have it but then I did a couple model calls and different things just to have portfolio at first. And sure enough, like it started building on itself and it's kind of crazy how it works, but it really does work. So he really overhauled a lot of, of what I do now. That's awesome.
0: I'm also a proponent of the, the Evernote methodology for yeah. receipt capture because it's got the automatic receipt function in it where you yes. just hover your camera over it and then it takes the receipt. Yeah, no. I, it, it's it's so nice to just be able to do that so you're not dealing with faded receipts on like yes. December 18th panicking being like I think this says $9 <laughs> of gas, I don't know.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was like the biggest thing for me was just not having to stress about like a stack of receipts for the entire year and whatever and I'm like I can't do this. So, yeah. Making things easier on yourself is always, you know, you can you can be a, an effective businessman or woman by working smarter not harder (laughs) so for sure you never know
1: that that's like my 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 motto for everything (laughs) like when i was a teacher i always told that to my students like work smarter not harder
0: i think yeah i mean i and we talked about this on a couple of other episodes with other uh photographers and stuff but like i think that that hustle culture has definitely had a negative side effect where people feel like they need to be working 80 hours a week whereas if you're working smart and you have good systems in place like it floors people when i tell them i work 30 hours or 30 minutes a week on our photography business they're like wait what i'm like yeah "Yeah." like i have a couple of emails maybe one phone call Mm -hmm. and that's it like that's how much work i'm putting into my i mean granted we have 12 years behind us, we have good SEO presence, we give good referral models, things like, I used to work significantly more, but right. the longer we worked, the more systems we put into place, the less I have to put effort into that part of my life.
2: Yeah. And the systems, especially like after I book a client, like I have automated emails that check in on them. And it's really, it's it's funny, and it's not that I don't care about my couples, but I've learned like what they need at a certain period of times. just touch points and then if they email me back obviously everything that from there on is is absolutely me but it's um it's really funny to me how many people at the end of their time with me they're like you just you touched base and you were really personable and like you were always there and i'm like thank you automation (laughs) so because i wouldn't remember where everybody is in the process if those weren't timed to like check in and then once they respond to me that i'm like right there with them but that's one of the biggest blessings for me is like finding, you know, the automated emails and everything else to like keep things moving along and make making sure everybody feels seen and feels heard and, and be there for them without, you know, having to think and have notifications everywhere.
1: Yeah. So
0: I feel like i been talking a lot, Angie. You know, I know. Go. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I keep I keep wanting to jump in. But then like Megan just has to, like these robust, great answers. I'm and sorry. Then... I talk a lot. No, no, no. <laughs> do not be sorry. Please do not be Sorry. Um, I want to go way back to what you said about how you love being your own boss and like the nine to fives never resonated with you. Yeah. And just like, just knowing that you're from Ohio and you're from the Midwest, which is like live and die by the nine to five, right? Oh yeah. Did you have, did you have parents or somebody in your close circle who didn't do the nine to five, who was an entrepreneur that you took note from, or were you just... Different right off the bat.
2: I I beat to my own drum <laughs> from yeah. the beginning. And it was it was quite maddening for my family, I'm sure. Because they they had always told me they're like, you will go to school locally, you will go to college, you will you know, like they always wanted me to go to college and stuff, but I was like, nah, I'm not staying in Ohio. I am out of here. And it, they always told me they're like, if you want to go anywhere besides the local colleges that we, you know, because in, in the US there's reciprocity within like the states, so you get cheaper tuition if you're within your specific state if you go out of state, it costs more. Um, and so they're like, if you want to go anywhere outside of the state, you better get a scholarship or something. So good luck. And so I was like, bet. So I always tried to make sure I had good grades. And obviously, like I knew my ticket out was sports. And so I, I tried to excel at those. And then I was lucky enough that, like I said, I had the uh, scholarship. I ended up in New York um, and played basketball in New York. I ended up not staying there my entire time and I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So I ended up in South America, which my my family was convinced that I was never going to come back. I was going to never finish college. I was going to be like this, you know, horrible hippie that was like running around the world with no money. But I spent time in South America and I worked at an orphanage and um, really found like what I wanted to do and then ended up going to college the rest of my time in Minnesota. And I loved being away. I did not want to be in the Midwest. Um, I didn't want to come back to Ohio. And ironically, after I married my husband, his job brought us back to Ohio. <laughs> so um, <laughs> now my, my business model now is like I do destination weddings because I need somebody to take me out of Ohio <laughs> on a frequent basis. But yeah, I've always been busy. I've always been, I, I just, I, I don't love the box. And so for me, anything that could get me out of that specific, that, that boxed in feeling was what I wanted. I didn't know how that was gonna manifest, and when I found photography and it all came together, I was like, "This feels right." So, yeah, I've always been that way. I'm just lucky to have found something that has stuck and been a passion in a way to actually, you know, make money as well.
1: Okay, so (laughs) you just get more and more interesting. (laughs) What I'm listening to right now—they're like, "Wait, you went to South America? I did, (laughs) and you did an orphanage? I did." (laughs) <laughs> who are you? okay okay
2: yeah I actually um I went to school to be a missionary which if you know me for any amount of time now anybody who knows me now is like, wait a second and it's not that I don't it's not like I don't um it's not that I don't have faith I'm very I am a very faith person based person but I am not a American Christianity person if that makes sense like colonialism and all of that just gives me really gross vibes. So it's kind of ironic that I went to school to be a missionary, but my time in um, Bolivia and Argentina and Ecuador, I was with um, missionaries. I stayed at their home. And um, like I said, I worked in an orphanage. I worked as a youth pastor um, and fell in love just with like connection of people. So I knew I wanted that like intercultural, um, cross-cultural experience um, to go further than that. And so that's why when I went back to school, I went for intercultural studies and I've absolutely loved People from the start. So I love to travel, but it's not necessarily like the travel bug in and of itself. It's it's the connection to the people and the different cultures and seeing how small we are and how big the world is and how awesome everybody is within it and how we all fit together. So yeah, wow.
0: <laughs> she's she, she's so, like that that beer ad guy, you know, the most interesting man in the world. Like <laughs> Meg- Megan is Megan. Like, is is like there the something that you're that, guy. that you're not
1: good at? Like, <laughs> What are, you, what are you not good at? I haven't well, figured that out yet. Okay, well. I'll work Is on it on the like, list? I'm sure I'll take you on.
2: It's, it's on the list. We got we to keep that up. So. <laughs> Twitch channel bike missionary yodeling. Yeah, I cannot keep up on a bike with Lanny. But Lanny he's not a real person. So. No, yeah, he's a fine. robot. I thought That's what I'm saying. He's not real. <laughs> Oof. That was a yeah. day that will live in infamy. I tried to keep up with that man on a bike ride. And he said it was an easy bike ride.
0: It was, was this in Canmore, though? Yes! Yeah, so you're at altitude. You're not <laughs> used to that altitude down there in Ohio. I
2: was super confident, and that confidence was gone after about like a quarter mile. I was like, oh, God. False. What have I done? But it was fun. It was a good time.
1: All right, so you've traveled. You never wanted to be in Ohio. You ended up back in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. And then you want to start shooting weddings, but you're like, I want adventure weddings. Yes. Which, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the amount of adventure weddings that you can do in Ohio are very limited.
2: You have to be creative
1: with what adventure
2: means to you in Ohio. I
1: mean, I'm from from Michigan originally. Okay, I get it. You get it. There we go. Then you decided to travel, and you put the work out there, people are hiring you, you're traveling, and then there's a global pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) Can you talk about how your business has shifted during this time?
2: It's been interesting. And honestly, what's funny is 2019 before covid hit was the busiest most successful year of my business and by the end of it i was the most burnt out and unhappy i have ever been in business mm-hmm. and on the surface if you like if anybody looked at it they would have been like holy crap she's doing everything she wants to do she's you know doing xyz uh getting these awards dah, 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 dah. but at the end of the year i was like i am shutting everything off my husband, son, and I ended up going to Hong Kong and Myanmar for Christmas because we have friends there. And I, I literally told everybody, I was like, don't, don't contact me. I'm done. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just did not want to deal with anything. I was so burnt out. And I took one camera and two lenses and I just shot for myself. And it's the first time that honestly I've ever shot for myself. Um, and it was the most freeing, revitalizing thing that I have done. So... I have to say that because 2019 on the surface looks amazing. But going into 2020, honestly, I look at 2020, at least the beginning of it as like, I don't want to sound callous because obviously it's a pandemic, but honestly, everybody shutting down was what I needed for my soul (laughs) because like, I was just at a point where I couldn't create creativity if I wanted to. So I might be one of those, you know, small amount of people that was like, okay, cool. I have a few months now. Now when it dragged on, it wasn't quite as cool. But um, yeah, it it has completely Uh, shifted everything. I haven't been out of the country since March of last year. I was actually on a wedding in the Dominican when they called all the Americans back home. So we shot the wedding on the 13th of March and everybody got called back uh, that night. And so the 14th, we all flew back and it was a zoo. And it was crazy. And ever since, I haven't been out of the country. And that's the longest that I've been in one place for a very long time i'm itching to go somewhere i wish we could go somewhere but obviously i i'm looking forward to the day that everybody's vaccinated and we can do that safely it's forced me to look at weddings different um most of the time beforehand i was shooting weddings and it was anywhere between like dave said at 14 to 20 hours just shooting 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 and now obviously weddings are much smaller They're shorter the things that i thought were like important you know key elements of the wedding a lot of times are cut out Reception is almost gone completely. So it's been really interesting to like reevaluate why I want to shoot weddings and what's important in the wedding day and how I shoot the wedding day. I'm a very up close shooter. I usually shoot with a 16 to 35. Um, so obviously I'm not in everybody's face anymore. So it's, it's made me be creative in a different way. It's made me find new ways to shoot the same thing, which is honestly what I needed as well. So I don't think necessarily that like the pandemic has ruined my business in the sense. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of people are like, you know, we don't have enough weddings right yeah. now. And I went from 26 weddings to 11 last year, which really sucked. But it also gave me opportunity to brainstorm on how I want to move forward. And so starting this year, I want to start doing some YouTube, some educational stuff online um, to try to build that side of my business a little bit more and pivot with this. So, yeah. So I think while the pandemic has like definitely affected everybody i also think it's an opportunity for those of us who are creative and want to still you know stay in business it makes us have to think about what we're doing and and get a little creative and be a little open to uh pivoting like the friends episode (laughs)
1: so (laughs) pivot pivot
2: yeah exactly
0: (laughs) yeah so still happy in the wedding space though because a lot of people have pivoted completely out of it to business branding or family or things like that 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 they, you know, feel like they might be able to move forward more with? Are you still still loving the weddings?
2: Yes. And like, I don't want to say no, because I don't want any of my clients to hear this and like freak out because that's not the case. Yes, I will always love weddings. Do I have a change of heart of necessarily only shooting weddings? Yes. I recently have been talking to a local business that wants to do some like branding and stuff. And I'm really excited to do some really fun branding stuff for them, um, some product shoots and stuff like that, um, because the wedding industry right now isn't secure. (laughs) Like, we don't, weddings are never secure, even in the best of times, because obviously they fluctuate, but um, especially now. And the other part for me is my son is in sports now. He's always doing events on the weekends. He actually has a game tonight. And shooting weddings, I'm missing so much of what makes him him. And I don't want to not be present for my son. So um, mm-hmm. as he's getting older, I'm not necessarily loving being gone every single Saturday. So I'm kind of in this flux of like, I love what I do, but I wouldn't be mad if I did less of that and a little bit more of something else. Whether it be like commercial branding or if I get into seniors, I haven't really figured out like what that looks like. For me, as long as I'm able to flex that creativity, I don't really care what the medium is. So yeah.
1: I've always felt very fortunate living here. I mean, for a plethora of reasons, but also it's rare that I shoot a wedding on a weekend. It's almost always Monday through Friday. That would be amazing. Because people are doing destination weddings and they can get married on a Tuesday and it doesn't matter. So, you know, when my daughter had, we just signed her up for like three-year-old soccer practice. It's a shit show. I was going to say that is like
2: the most hilarious thing ever.
1: But she loves it. And of course, like she's like like, the biggest one because my husband and I are like super tall, right? That's amazing. But I love that I can be there for her and I, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to miss that. So I can't imagine mainland photographers missing every Saturday. You know, it's also funny too, because I feel like a lot of times when we start in this career, people tell us specialize out of the gate, right? So if you're going to be a wedding photographer, be a wedding photographer, don't do anything else. And I think that that's decent advice up to a certain point but then we hit something like this pandemic and the people who have diversified whether it's creating another brand or shooting multiple things they're the ones who aren't hung out to dry because they've diversified i think a lot of people are reevaluating their businesses now because of the pandemic yep
2: 100 percent. i think along those lines the only thing that i would say Like if I end up going in another direction, I will build a separate website for that. Right. Instead of like, I think that's where a lot of people get confused is like, I see a lot of new photographers that have a website that's like weddings and seniors and babies and families. And it's like all of these things. And it's like, what do you do? You know what I mean? I think you can do all of those things, but you definitely want to have like a niched website so that when that wedding is hunting for you, they're not then seeing senior photos first by accident. Right. So. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like it's fake specialization. It's like yes. you're not specialized, but they're they're presuming that you
1: are because when they come to your <laughs> specializing website, specializing in, and then there's like yeah. a whole list. Like, well, that's, yeah. But that's not yeah. no. That's you keep using that word, but I don't think you know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think
2: it means what you think it means. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually um took family. I, so I did families out here for a long time, and then. I was like, you know what? I'm going full on weddings and couples, and I took family off my site. And I would shoot families for like, you know, like my couples who come back here, yeah. and you know, like, wh- why would I give away that business, especially when I love my couples, hundred <laughs> percent. But then, then pan- the pandemic happened, and like weddings aren't a thing, but photography is. So I've I've added the family tab back up there. I mean, eventually I'm going to to break it off, but for right now and yep. for the the clientele that i'm serving it works well to have it in one place but yep. you know if i honestly if i was on the mainland i, I would definitely have two brands right out right out yep. of the gate
0: yeah I, I think there's certain specialties where like the venn diagram of people looking for your work are fairly similar you know people get married and then they have families
2: families the progression if you could be a whole like a whole of life photographer yes yeah there, there's a
0: photographer here in town who i think he's retired now but When we started, he'd been doing it for 29 years. And that was his entire business model of like, I want to be your photographer forever. Whatever you need. But he had it all broken up into different brands. He had his wedding brand and then he had his photography brand. And then he had a completely separate business with a different name for boudoir and everything else like that. But like, whatever you needed, you could go to this guy. It's like, if you needed photography, food photography for your business, you just go and talk to him. And I thought that was like, it was a really smart, Marketing move. If you like to dabble in lots of different yeah. things, like there's some photographers, they're like, I just want to do this.
2: Right. If you but. handed me a newborn, I would be like, no, yeah. <laughs> that's a Pinterest fail. We tried I'm it. it. Abby
0: got peed on once, and she's just <laughs> like, nah, I'm out.
2: <laughs> oh man, I think I did two, and I was like, I can't. The patience involved in newborn photography, it is an art form. Oh yeah. And and that is something that I can. There you go, Angie. No, no <laughs> newborn photography.
1: Yeah, but if you Never. did it, you could do it really well.
2: I want to see a a Lanny
0: Man versus Megan Allen newborn shootout.
2: (laughs) I would sign up for that if he did, just for the laughs. laughs. I feel like that would be a fantastic YouTube episode.
0: I
1: know someone who has a newborn. next
0: conference we're all at together. Exactly.
2: You just have to find a friend that has a newborn and then boom, done. Done. Easy. So.
0: (laughs) So you mentioned Robert J. Hill and you mentioned Erica. Have there been other influences? Mentors, people that have been beneficial to you in your business, in your time coming up, and and what have you learned from them? I, I ask only because when we started, you know, twelve years ago in the olden days, that the the attitude was very much you never share your secrets, you don't talk to the competition, and I feel like that's really changed in the last decade. Um so has there been a, a, a people that have stood out to you who have been really beneficial in your career because I know you're teaching now you've got your your roar workshops and your group and everything so
2: working on it I dude I'm so sad because that is one thing that I hate that covid cut short is my teaching my in person workshops I can't wait to do those again both of them that I held were like super fun and I think people enjoyed them so I hope to do that again like when people feel safe you know doing you know group things again but, yeah, I there's so many that it's hard to, like, name because I don't want to, like, leave anybody out. But definitely, I always joke, um, I fell in love with Cliff Mountner's work right off the bat. His use of natural light, especially, is just unreal. And so um, I fell in love with Cliff and I fell in love with Lanny and Erica before I'd ever met them. And now they're friends. So I, I feel like I was, like, super jacked to go to their workshop. And then I was blessed to actually become friends with them, which is even better. But, yeah, so, like, I always joked when I was first starting out, and I was like, if I can, like, figure out how to make the photography baby of Lanny and Erica and Cliff Mountner and, like, be that baby, I will be happy. (laughs) So, like, that was always my goal. But, so, I love Cliff for his natural light, and I was able to go to his workshop, and he is such an incredible human being. He, like, I remember... God loves heart. I was at a wedding and I locked the focus on my Nikon and for the life of me could not figure out what had happened. Couldn't move my focal point. And the only thing that I thought in my like infancy glory was call Cliff Mounter on a Saturday to have him (laughs) troubleshoot my Nikon. And he answered the phone and he was so kind. And he's like, have you checked to see if the focus points locked? And I'm like, no (laughs) so I'm like hiding in the bathroom and he's teaching me this I'm like this guy thinks I'm an idiot but um he was so gracious (laughs) so like to this day I remember that and like I want to be that generous with my time to other people because of all people Cliff has a thousand things going on and he's sitting there troubleshooting this rookie photographer hiding in the bathroom who has no business shooting a wedding at that point but um so, like, I just, I really loved his style and his his graciousness with his insight and his time. Um, Lanny and Erica, obviously, are wonderful friends. You guys are wonderful friends. I, I haven't spent much time with uh, Ben and Aaron Christman, but they're very huge inspirations to me. Davina and Daniel are wonderful friends who, when I first laid eyes on their work, I was like, holy crap. There's so many people. Um, one of my really good friends is Chad Winstead and um, another one is Jason Vincent, and both of them are, are really good friends and I play Call of Duty with Chad all the time. But, uh, uh, so we shoot things and like fight over who's the better photographer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it's, it's super fun to have these friends that are like killer photographers. So I'm really blessed to know so many incredible people like you two and uh, be able to call you friends and be draw inspiration from you guys.
1: Don't stop. Don't you wish that you would have <laughs> known all these folks like before you got married? Oh, dude, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> but no because Matt would have been like we're
2: broke. <laughs> but <laughs> you can't. But uh that is the one thing I tell all of my couples all of the time like we had a super like low-key wedding we like it rained so we couldn't do an out- outdoor ceremony we got married in my church and then we had a tent and we catered all of Garden. like I was the <laughs> antichrist of weddings <laughs> Like it was so bad but um it was us we didn't care we just wanted to be married and but the one thing if I would have known is I would have known to hire a wedding photographer like and and I will never like any ill feelings or anything we have photos but it's just like i wish i would have known how important they would be now yeah. mm-hmm. um so that's what i tell my couples all the time i'm like and, and i and i say it and i mean it i don't know if they believe me but i tell them i'm like i don't care if you choose me or somebody else i hope you choose me but if you don't i just want you to end up with somebody who knows what they're doing so that you can have these memories forever so my goal at the end of the day is just to educate people and help them get in into rhythm with a photographer whether it's me or somebody else because it's Such an important day, I don't want people to miss out on those memories after the fact.
1: Yep, yeah, it's the only thing that lasts, right? Yeah, sure. Photos, yeah. I remember. It, a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. you gotta keep the marriage. But... <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's a photographer I followed for a while, my, 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 my mind is completely blanking on him, it might come back to me later. But he was based out of Seattle, and I was listening to him early days of podcasting on a, fo- a podcast called This Week in Photography. And he was saying, you know, his his whole sales technique was he went to like it was like the Hilton or the Four Seasons or something like that in downtown Seattle for a month every Sunday morning, the night after all the big weddings. And he would take photos of all the flowers in the dumpster and all the food in the dumpster and like all the decorations in the dumpster. And then he would show his clients this and say, if you want to spend money on this stuff, that's fine. But the only thing these couples have after is the photos.
2: That's an incredible play, and he
0: was like the first twenty thousand dollar wedding photographer I'd ever heard of, and I'm just like, what a sales technique, man! Dude, that's Holy,
2: <laughs> yeah, because it's one thing to say it, you know what I mean, but then to literally like have the proof of what happens to everything after the wedding date. yeah, that's huge. That's a good play. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've n- I've never heard of anybody else doing it, no, but like it's like always amazing. stuck in my. I've never had the balls to do it, like to you know to go yeah. down to the Fairmont in downtown Calgary Dude. and take the photos the night
2: after. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Just creeping out. Like, don't yeah. worry. I'm just taking pictures of the trash. It's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, there's there's enough like abandoned porn photographers and things like that who would probably be all about that. Okay. Well, I mean, speaking about the memories that, that you have afterwards, how do printed products make a play in your business?
2: It's been really interesting because all of my collections, except for one, have an album in them. And, and I just tell the couples, it's not negotiable. You can't negotiate it out. If you don't want it, I'll keep it. So after that, they're like, okay, we'll take it. <laughs> but um, I tell them, I'm like, if you're going to spend, and I, I'm not very upfront with them, I say, if you're going to spend the kind of money you're going to spend on me, then you need to walk away with a physical product. And not just because of, you know, spending this much money, but because like, this is what matters. Like your, your photos, you can scroll through them on your phone. You can look at them on a, on a computer screen, but there's proof that like, when you hold something in your hands, it's a very different feeling than being able to like quickly go through and, and consume on a, on a screen versus sit and actually and touch your memories. And so I tell all my couples, I'm like, you're you're gonna get this and, and here's how it's gonna work. Um and and so I tell them I, I design my albums ahead of time just as a preliminary thing. And I and I tell them, I say, look, we're gonna take a lot more photos than you can really digest. So this way, you know, you're you're only gonna see what, you know, I think is a great story. We can change everything, it's not a big deal. And they see that and and I, I bring physical copies to so that they can see what they're gonna get. And they and they love the the albums. Um, I've had a lot of people who end up, up upselling the albums and adding more uh, pages, all different things. I usually end up upgrading at least fifteen hundred, if not two thousand, on the albums now, just by. And, I, and I'm a very not pushy salesperson. I'm like, hey, if you like it, great. If you don't, we can cut it all the way down. I don't care. So I try very hard to just let them kind of guide themselves within that. I have noticed that um, the the wall art sells itself more so after they see something that's not good quality, <laughs> um, which is really funny because like I've had couples that like wander off and they'll buy wall art and then they're like, this looks like crap. And they'll send me a picture of it. And I'm like, yeah, it does. Are you ready to buy one of mine now? And they're like, yeah, let's go. So <laughs> I need to work on getting wall art like in their hands right off the bat. But that seems to be more interesting, like where they don't necessarily believe it as much as the album Mm -hmm. yeah but i'm working with a with a woman right now who's getting i want to say six pieces after her wedding we're doing a whole hallway and then another wall and um but for her family is really important and so it's more her kids even than her wedding like actual wedding photos yeah and so it's it's for me i think celebrating them and, and letting them know i think also um talking about the wall art talking about the albums before they ever even manifest sets them up to expect that versus like if you just show up after you've done all this stuff and you're like, and here's a $3,000 album now go. That's going to shock somebody more than like, if you're starting them off, you know, the initial call, like, yeah, and then we're going to build your album and then we're going to do the wall art. And like, once they're hearing those things, they're like, yes, yes, yes. Let's, you know, let's stand, let's stand for this. Let's get behind this. Um, And so the sales are a lot easier when I've set them up to already be thinking about that months beforehand. So, and the other big thing that I found is like, if I let them know, I'm like, yo, you're going to get a lot of money probably from the wedding. Like people are going to give you gifts. People are going to give you money. So if you use that money to build out your album or buy a big piece of wall art instead of a toaster that, you know, you don't want anyway. Like Aunt Gertie's gonna be super excited that you have something hanging up that she helped you with, and and it doesn't seem like they're as opposed to spending other people's money as their own money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's been a good thing to like try to be like, hey, you're gonna get this money, set it aside for wall art, and they're like, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah like it a different way.
0: we've pitched a couple of our clients on albumregistries.com, and that's yes. been that's worked for them because it's just like you know if you don't need three toasters, because who does? Exactly. You know, let people drop a hundred dollars into your album registry. Exactly. Yeah
2: and nobody's gonna be mad about that
0: yeah talking to to fundy this time last year i said last time i was around people <sighs> um you know he was talking about wall art and how wall art sells so much better for portrait sessions than it does for weddings like I for weddings that. they want books for engagement sessions for family sessions like that's when you can do gallery walls and wall art because we had the same thing it's like i could i could sell the book to anybody but yeah. trying to get it like 30 by 40 print on their wall or a gallery wall was always like pulling teeth. But now we use it in engagement sessions. I
2: think the natural, I think regular clothes though is, is a, you know what I mean? They feel like that's Mm -hmm. more timeless. You know what I mean? I know like for myself, I, I have a few friends that have wedding photos up on their wall, but like for the most part, it's always, you know, casual clothing. You know what I mean? So I definitely agree. Like you could definitely do wall art with the portraits and the engagement sessions more than like weddings, just because a lot of people don't necessarily want just a, a specific wedding unless it's super awesome I would do something like that I do
1: not have any wedding photos on my wall but I also got married in 2009 and a lot of my no? wedding photos are sepia and vignetted and spot colored <laughs> yikes same here, They're a little questionable I,
2: yeah. I, I have a photo from a session with Susan Stripling up in our bedroom and then I have a photo from a session with Davina and Daniel up in my office so both of them were casual clothing and that those those are more us than like our wedding photos would be for a host of reasons, including the sepia and, and spot coloring.
0: <laughs> I feel like the odd man out because we have like six wedding photos on the wall in our bedroom.
2: <laughs> but are they are they sepia or spot colored?
0: No, no, they are. They are not. <laughs> and and my wife, my wife performed <laughs> the ultimate photographer sin and re-edited our photographer's photos.
1: No.
2: Yeah. My photographer... So was your photographer somebody we know
0: she's now retired um so okay. there's no way that I mean they they run at a successful like hipster coffee chain in in Vancouver now so they're fine there i am not worried about it and she also like there we go. there's all sorts of extenuating circumstances and things like that but yeah she she re-edited the jpegs so we don't have to worry <laughs> that's
1: amazing yeah I got all the raw jpegs too I so <laughs> I got say? the raw jpegs for my wedding driver like oh, nice. you know but yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. I would have to hunt for the CD. Somewhere there's a CD. But that's the other thing, too. Like, that's another perfect example. Like, mm-hmm. print your damn photos. Because yeah. I don't know where yeah. the hell that CD is.
0: That's exactly what we tell <laughs> like, all of our clients. It's wow. like, we deliver it on CD, then DVD, then USB. Now it's digital download, and who knows what hard drive it's going to end up. But if you've got a book, right. you know, at least you have a book of the mm-hmm.
2: yeah. 100
0: to 200 best photos from your wedding day. That'll always yeah. be there. You know where it is. It's no problem.
2: Yep amen yeah
0: and then people always ask us how do you sell how do you sell books how do you sell prints it's saying things like that like you don't say it's like oh this timeless heirloom is going to be it's like no no it's something that's easy to have easy to find your kids will love it your grandkids will love it it's just there you know maybe it gets tucked into a trunk in the attic and 80 years from now a great grandkid pulls it out that's not going to happen with a cd they're going to pull that out (laughs) and be like what the hell is this thing
2: what the exactly exactly Yeah. yeah Yeah, I have found just being honest and like a no BS approach with my sales has led to better sales. Mm -hmm. And like, and I'll even have couples that are like, nah, let's double this. I I had a client that I built a really big album and I was like, there's no way they're going to spend the money on this that it's going to cost. And she came back to me and she's like, can we actually build another book and do a double volume? Because we really like this, but we want more. And I'm like, yes, yes. you can. (laughs) So like, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes, please. So yeah, like I just I feel like if you if you don't BS with people, like they're more apt to be you know what I mean be keen on on investing. Mm-hmm. So and just be be truthful. You know what I mean like people can like I can smell when somebody's like not serving right. me up truth. You know what I mean. So it's like if you're genuinely interested in celebrating them and want them to celebrate themselves, like they're gonna lean into the, into mm-hmm. that. So,
0: so I want to take a slight pivot here and say. When we photographed together the wedding that we did, it it was a Disney-themed wedding. And somehow you knew the guy who played Genie <laughs> for Aladdin on, <laughs> on Broadway and got him to FaceTime the two brides on their wedding day and wish them <laughs> a happy wedding day. And I gotta say, that is probably one of the most prime customer service moves I have ever seen. <laughs> So two part (laughs) question, one, how did you get to know all these Broadway people? Because I know you shoot a ton of Broadway uh, actors and singers and things like that. And two, is this something that you try to do for all of your clients is just like bring that full game?
2: First off, disclaimer, no, not everybody gets a FaceTime call from a Broadway person on their wedding day. But um, so so one, I actually my first connection with Broadway was through Instagram, I had gone to see the uh, show Hamilton in Chicago and fell in love with the guy playing Lafayette. And it was actually my husband, Matt. Afterwards, I looked at him and I was like, I would love to photograph that guy because he has so much energy. Like, I just think it would be really fun to create with him. And he looked at me and he's like, well, then why don't you just ask? And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I reached out on Instagram and I was like, hey, I would love to shoot with you if you ever needed photographs, just let me know. And he wrote back and was like, yeah, let's go. When do you want to come? And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) So it was totally that. And what was funny was I had told Carter, my son, I was like, hey, you know, like, mommy's going to photograph Lafayette from Hamilton because Carter had like fallen in love head over heels with Hamilton. And he like stopped what he was doing. And he kind of looked at me and he was like five at the time. And he goes, well, are you photographing the Hamilton? And I was like, "Nobody, I'm photographing Lafayette. And he he was like, well, if you're not photographing the Hamilton. And he, like, turned away and I started playing with whatever he was playing with. And I was like, I just got snubbed by my five-year-old. And so I was super mad. So I actually reached out to uh, Miguel, who played Hamilton. And I was like, hey you know, I'm going to shoot with uh, Chris and I just wanted to know if you wanted to shoot. And he's like, yeah, let's let's go. And So I ended up, you know, reaching out to him to prove to my five-year-old I could shoot Hamilton, the Hamilton. <laughs> and I'm like, good God. But, um, but yeah, so I photographed the two of them and one other and then they shared the photos with the cast and the cast wanted me to come back and more wanted to shoot with me. And then it just became a snowball thing. So I ended up being in Chicago quite a bit for about two and a half years, shooting most of the cast at Hamilton and then it ended up into New York. Um, And so I used to go up to New York before COVID and shoot with a lot of different Broadway people up there too. And it just became kind of like my side thing that I absolutely love. And I have never met so many amazingly kind and genuinely beautiful people as the people who are on Broadway. Amazing spirits, amazing people. um, Like just super sweet to Carter, just amazing all around. And Juwan who plays the genie is a wonderful friend now he is the sweetest human being he's he's just you you're around him and you're just happy you can't help but be happy and so when we walked into that wedding and i saw it was disney and, I, and like every table had its own theme and everything and i was like oh god i gotta i gotta try you know and so like i had texted juan in the morning and i was like hey here's the situation what do you think and he's like oh my god yes and so it was one of those things where I just like came to my mind and Juwan was more than accommodating and super, super sweet about it. So it was kind of one of those things that was like super serendipitous and uh, it really worked out. And I'm glad it was something that they could have on their wedding day. Definitely not something I offer as a full service chair. <laughs> like, I didn't I mean none like, of everybody my gets Broadway. a Broadway <laughs> They're going to be
1: yeah. like, what the <laughs> hell?
2: I know. <laughs> like, and you, you get get. <laughs> and you get a Broadway FaceTime <laughs> and you get a Broadway FaceTime. <laughs> but uh but yeah no it was like super super cool and I, I'm i very thankful that he was willing to do that and he had the time to do it because a lot of them are super busy mm-hmm. but yeah it was super it was super cool to see them be so excited about it too it was it was perfect yeah. so yeah
0: is is I mean you've mentioned you know your automation systems to help your people feel connected to you and feel heard and seen obviously they got the genie but like is is that type of like when you're thinking about your clients, for some people, it's transactional. For other people, they become best friends with their clients. Like, where do you fall on that spectrum with, like, working with the people who want to hire you? How much of a relationship do you have with them? And would you then attribute attribute that level of relationship to some of the success? Because you've sort of blown up out of nowhere over the last couple of years. I mean, rightly deserved. But I mean, most people who have, have been shooting for as long as you shooting are still figuring things out they're not getting Sony sony alpha female and and going to iceland and doing all this crazy stuff
2: i 100% i'm a very relational person like to the point my husband probably rolls his eyes cuz we can't go anywhere without somebody like telling me their life story he's like i can't with you like stop talking to the waiter <laughs> and, um so i'm just a very relational person and i bring that to the table with my photography i've gone from i was shooting like upwards of 30 weddings a year and it was just so emotionally taxing on me that because I couldn't give what I wanted to every couple. So I'm really lucky now that I can be particular with the couples that I, I choose to partner with. And so nowadays I shoot anywhere between 20 and 25 weddings a year max. And that's because I want to connect with them. So while I do automate emails and stuff, a lot of them wind up friending me on Facebook. We follow each other on Instagram. I I want to walk into a wedding and then feel like I'm just another friend there versus a vendor. Because I found that the trust that we build prior to the wedding is what allows me to have access on the wedding day to get those photos that do resonate with not only them, but with people that don't know them. One of the things that like, obviously, my biggest goal is for them to be happy with the photo. But one of the biggest honors to me is when I have somebody come up to me and they're like, you made me cry with this photo and I don't even know these people. And I'm like, yes,
1: so <laughs> I just want to make people cry
2: exactly it's, it's i'm it's so photographer mean. Just gold crying. people don't
1: get it <laughs> exactly
2: exactly I make people, like, people feel stuff exactly exactly and so like i just want people to connect with the with, with the story that's happening in the photo and i don't have that access if they don't give me access and and that comes with trust and that comes with relationship building so i don't i don't want to knock anybody who's on any any point of the spectrum but for me and how i run um i definitely feel like that relationship building and that trust building happens well before the wedding so that when i show up and i'm rolling on the ground or you know doing something crazy they're not like what the heck is she doing they're just trusting that process so Mm -hmm.
0: well we don't want to take your entire afternoon although i feel like we could probably talk for like another three hours so maybe we'll have you back sometime (laughs) there
2: we go (laughs) <laughs>
0: where can people find you on the internet and talk, talk a little bit about what roar is because, you know, we never know when people are going to be listening to these episodes. So, so maybe, maybe yeah. post pandemic, people might look up, learn and inform you.
2: Yeah. Um, so roar is my, uh, in-person workshop and it's a very intimate experience. I keep it to 10 people per workshop. We go over how I light things because a lot of people have questions about how I use light and so we have a whole day on like natural light we have a whole day on flash we have a couple little surprises that you know you have to little challenges and whatnot um one night this past time we went and did axe throwing to just like get to know each other nobody died it was great so (laughs) no fingers or toes were lost but i just try to make it a really intimate experience where you're gonna you're they're long days so you have to come prepared to just be exhausted mentally and you know, and but we have a lot of fun. We eat a lot of really good food because my goal is to like feed you really good food. And uh, and hopefully you learn something in the process. So I'm an open book from start to finish. And hopefully people walk away feeling like they've got something, you know, something new, um, a way to see a way to challenge themselves after the fact. So Roar is kind of that all encompassing type of workshop. So hopefully when you hear this, I'll be doing them again. And then yeah, you can uh, find me on Instagram at Studio Two Photography. You can find me on Facebook, same thing. I am on Twitch. I know you're gonna bring that up, Dave, <laughs> but but I have to disclaim that Twitch is my alter ego. So if you show up and I'm in a squid hat, it's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's just what i do when i'm not shooting weddings um but i love to play video games and i'm super goofy and silly on there and um it is mac dizzle do and that was a drunk college (laughs) gamer tag put that in the show
1: notes
2: (laughs) yeah it was great it was great and it just stuck and so yeah if you show up to my twitch and i'm in a squid hat just just roll with it it's fine (laughs) noted (laughs) yeah super super fun (laughs) It's been a lot of fun to hang out with you guys today and hopefully hopefully, people laugh and get something out of it. So I'm
0: sure they will. Everyone's going to find you so much more interesting than they, they had any concept of knowing.
1: <laughs> I mean, I already knew you were interesting, but I'm like, I'm blown away. I love reading young adults. I'm like, I'm going oh, go to read no. I oh, yeah, a little- I'm gonna go read your book. Oh yeah, girl. I'm going to go read your book. Oh no. All right. So Megan, the the question that we we end every podcast with is seeing as business is an adventure, what are the the field notes or the trail guide that you would give to somebody when they're starting their own journey?
2: Oh, man. I would say give yourself grace. You will not be good at anything at first. And you have to accept that because I'm a perfectionist. But the worst case scenario is the answer is no. So anytime you can knock on a door and try to get to the next step, like I asked for the, the Hamilton people. And if I wouldn't have asked, the answer would have been no. And it could have been no if they said no, but they said yes. So you never know until you try. You never know until you ask. So I really feel like a lot of people just need that confidence boost and that little bit of a push to to go after what they want. And I love to give people permission to fly. And I think more people need permission to fly. So um, that would be my big pieces is, is don't don't doubt yourself. Just go for it. The worst they can say is no. Uh, and, and you figure out a new way to get what you want. So be fearless. Love it. Just like your tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
0: Thanks so much for tuning into our show today. You can find a transcript of this episode and all of our episodes, as well as our show notes at businessasanadventureco dot co slash podcast.
1: You can find us on our Instagram at business as an
0: We'd also love to see you in our Facebook community where we provide weekly free education for our fellow adventurers. You can find the link in our show notes.
1: And finally, if you want to get a weekly, not spammy email from us with our favorite things we've found in the business and creative world, you can sign up for our Field Note Fridays at businessasanadventureco slash fieldnotes.